0: Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I've been Slowy uh, in a uh, well lit room for once. And joining me today is a good old friend of mine I've known from UWM. <laughs> and uh, she is, is always having a good conversation. You know, it's another one of those where um, I reached out to an old friend and uh, asked if they wanted to catch up and make an episode out of it. So uh, joining me, I've got using her friend's laptop, uh, the wonderful of is Corinne Lowry. Welcome to the show.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me. How
0: are you doing, dude? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm peachy. Uh, got a nice glass of uh, Riesling uh, that I'm sipping on here. Um, Very fancy. Yeah. Uh, how are you?
2: good uh you know doing the best you can with the capricio over ice yeah can we
0: talk about that (laughs) um the first time i ever had capricio was like right when it like first was a thing like two years ago and i I drank like a lot of it and was so fucked up (laughs) like that stuff is ridiculous
2: It should be taken off the shelf, to be honest.
0: How fucked up you get from it. It, I mean, it's basically alcoholic grape juice. So
2: it's like if you took like a four loco and it's like, how could we make it fancier? Like, what could Mm. we do to make it
0: fancier? That is a great way to put it. That is honestly perfect because it is super like. It's just the most whack ass drink, but it tastes so good and it just gets you wasted <laughs> it just comes in a like a, a more sophisticated yes. bottle than a four does yeah.
2: the colors really draw me in and oh, for that i have my business so
0: i uh, added some lemonade there yeah i got my. sounds like a, a real sugary uh old dessert drink
2: i'm going to get that brought very soon
0: nice <laughs> awesome well um what'd you do today
2: um, so today actually was one of my first days off in a few days. Um, so I slept in as long as I could. And then after that, uh, I dyed my hair, actually. Okay. So I, it's purple. You can't quite see it, but it's purple. Um, awesome. I had blonde highlights well, normal hair. And yeah, so that's actually all I did today. And then... Just
0: kind of ran around, dealt with what I had to do, and now I'm here. Weird. Well, what did, do um, what did I do today? Um, I, what the fuck did I do today? I don't know. Like, these all, like, all, my whole concept of time is just so warped, you know? Like, I don't, I can't remember what I did, like, two hours ago. Um, no, I, uh. It was, it was a day to get shit done. Um, I scheduled a couple appointments, like dentist, haircut, a couple things I've been putting off. Um, I got tested for COVID for the fourth time, negative, Good. luckily. Uh, I did some uh, writing for the music blog I write for, and I uploaded one of these, and I had dinner with my girlfriend not too long ago we uh had salmon and some rice and sauteed veggies it was Did you really make it delicious. Yourself? yeah she uh sat and watched because <laughs> she's uh I mean, she, yeah i mean she cooks like usually she's like sort of like she takes the lead on like cooking dinner and like i'll help but i'm never like the one like really guiding dinner in a certain direction. And she's, um, you know, she's been through some, some stuff lately. So I wanted to do something nice for her. So, um, yeah, and here we are, so.
1: Here we are.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. So Corinne, what we talked about on Mr. Nice Guy, we examined love and fear, passion and creativity. Um, you and I have been friends for like, what, four years? been a while um
2: I could even say six. Oh, I could say 2014
0: some freshman year shit I don't know I feel like yeah. we met through like group we met through like friend groups I believe you know I always ended up at like parties that you were at like sophomore year like your friend group was always like throwing parties on like they were like pretty far like in the obscure <laughs> part of the like new hall area <laughs> So, like, oh, I'm talking Bartlett, I
2: think we're talking Happy.
0: Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. It's
2: parties on Bartlett Avenue.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ha- shout out to Happy. He's uh, he I know he has he's recently engaged. Yeah, he has a kid. He seems to be doing really well. I'm very happy for him. No pun, inten- no pun intended. Um, no, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was like right when when he lived, like, right off of North Ave, like, on Bartlett, or no, not North Oakland. Uh, it was off of Oakenloak, oh, Oak. Oak. yeah. Oak. yeah, 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 and they used to have parties all the time, uh, um, so I made some friends from going to those things, and you were one of them, and, uh, but then, like, um, we kind of started talking, like, we kind of actually socialized more like over the years um like i know we bonded over like mental health and stuff like that um but i think the real night we broke the ice was when we got we went to bel-air and got tacos you remember that yeah
1: i do remember that yeah great waiter great waiter
0: (laughs) fantastic waiter (laughs) Um, yeah yeah so um but it's been a while since i've seen or really talked to you a ton and uh, i'm excited to really like see what you've been up to so um i guess we can start there like what uh what are you doing with your yourself these days
1: yeah so right now um i'm back at UWM, so i'm there right now um my major is in biomedical sciences and health science program as usual um and yeah so i'm still going for ot and at the moment i've been bartending at garage which obviously has been interesting because of what's going on. And I also work at Ascension Healthcare in Malatosa. Um, So basically what I've been up to. So full-time there, part-time at Garage. And then I'm also taking a summer course to EWM. So it's been pretty busy for me.
0: It um, does sound like you have your hands full. Um, but good for you. Um, you know, doing all of that at once. One um, of you... Uh, on track to finish school
1: when I finish it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, like, um, do you know how like many semesters you have at UWM?
1: Yeah, so if I um, if I kick it up to high gear, and you know, I mean, it's gonna be a challenge, but as long as I can kick it up to maybe like eighteen a semester for including. So this fall I'm taking sixteen, so I'd be two off. But um, if I kick it up for eighteen for the next three. Mm-hmm. One in a year and a half. Cool. Uh, I mean, granted, you know, if I take winter classes in summer, I can change a little bit, but that's the goal. Sure At grad school.
0: Oh, yeah, right. Because right. you do anything medicine-related, <laughs> you're cut um, <kind>, yeah.
1: <laughs> But I did actually learn a fact recently that, um, I don't call it a fact, but uh, they're basically trying to move OT programs into doctorate programs. Um, so it would be even longer more- Longer, you're not going to get paid too much more. Mm -hmm. So I'm
0: hoping to miss that loop, but we'll see. Yeah, I I hope you can get paid like what you get paid your worth. You know. Um, Well, hey, I mean, and also no rush. I mean, school takes as long as you have to take. You know, like, and ultimately, you got to put yourself first and what you can manage. So it takes however long it takes. But I'm just happy for you pursuing. You know, something that uh, does require a lot of intensive study.
1: I appreciate all of my experiences and everything that's happened on the outside of the time that I've been in and outside of school. So I would never take anything away from my experience so far.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, So, Corinne, um, so uh, where did you grow up?
2: I'm from Madison. So I fight people neck and neck. I'm from the city. Um, (laughs) not from I'm not from Verona. I'm from Madison. Um, yeah. Grew up, I went to LaValle High School and I moved here in 2014. Probably the time you did. Um, initially I was in the OS program, which is occupational studies. And then, you know, from not doing so hot in some courses, um, I had to leave the program and then thankfully actually when I returned, um, so this past year, they created a new thing you could get, which was biomedical sciences. And it was, it was basically because a lot of people were in the same boat as I was, you know, not doing well in the last program. And, you know, if you didn't do well, you were out. So I created this new program and, um, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to go for that one. So, yeah, it's always, I've always had the same mindset of what I wanted to do. I've never I wouldn't say that. I guess I've always like, you know, your brain starts going like, Oh, maybe I think about this, think about this. But I've
0: always been like O T O T O T. Sure, so. sure, sure. Awesome. What was like your environment like growing up? Um, like I, I've I mean I've only really known Madison as the college town. You know, it's really the only context that and a couple co- concerts I've been to, but like that was really the only context I would like be in the Madison area. But like seeing as you grew up in like the Madison city itself, uh, college aside, like,
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: just tell me a little bit about growing up in Madison. Yeah.
2: Um, I guess I never really recognized the college part of it until I got a little older, maybe until I got in high school. Um, you never notice that stuff until it's, like, brought in front of you when you start thinking about, where you in college or anything? Um, like I said, I grew up in the city, and it's not, you know, you can't think of, it like, Chicago. Like, it's not just this, like, downtown area. Madison is this large place where there's the east, the west, the north um, and the other side. Um, So you just don't quite think of that stuff growing up. Um, My parents got divorced when I was 12 so I had to my parents both rented on both sides so it wasn't just one parent moving it was this parent was also moving when their lease was done multiple times so I've lived everywhere around Madison. I've seen it all Um, and then yeah, when I got a little older, that's when I started realizing like, oh, there's a college downtown, and oh, maybe maybe that's something to think about, you know, maybe my friends that are getting older, they're gonna go there, stuff like that. Um, and then that's when I started realizing that people move away after they turn 18, and that was new for me. I just thought people stay in Madison forever. So um, that was basically what it was. It's just you just don't realize where you are until you get older and that's when, and now being 24, that's when I start realizing people are like, Madison, Madison, and I'm like, what?
0: <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, like, oh my god, I got so fucked up in Madison. I was there this week. It's like, oh wow, shit. Cool. <laughs> yeah. well,
2: I was at my mom's house. so. <laughs>
0: yeah, right, 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah so um, when you came to Milwaukee, like, how would you say, like, how would you compare the two cities, like culturally, um, politically, socially?
2: Yeah, um, so I would say that, uh, I mean, I'm definitely a different person than I was when I was 18, so when I was 18, the things that I was looking for or recognizing are different than now, so it's more of me being able to look back and recognize and, you know, even today being able to recognize where we are and, um, being able to separate where we were in 2014 to 2020, um, but I would say that I mean everybody always says, "Oh, Madison, super liberal, super liberal, super liberal." But as soon as those like hard topics come up, you know, real people come out for who they are. And as soon as I moved here, it was it was already hard because I was already meeting new people and hundred people that I've never met before, so who would I to be able to assume or know what their beliefs are or what their morals are, their political stance. Um, so I was never able to, um, I don't want to say just, but just kind of grasp it right away. It was just so much thrown at because they're new people. But if it was people I've already known, and I moved to Milwaukee, it would have been a different story. So it was just a lot to take on. And you have to remember that Uh, who you are and what you know what's important to you and what you'll stand for and what you won't stand for so I guess when I got here it was just kind of like all right Corinne remember who you are and make sure that you're letting people know what you think is not think but what you know is right from wrong and that when I that's when I was able to be like the, this group of people is not good for me, this group of people is not for me, because, it, I mean, as you know, we moved to the dorms, and hundreds of people were shoved down our throat, and they're like, make friends, have fun, do something, <laughs> and you just, you wanted to make friends so bad, but it was hard not to be like, I don't like what they just said,
0: <laughs> yeah. you know? yeah, so that's how I took it. For sure, that's, um. um in terms, of, so you mentioned, like, kind of, like, 2014 to now, so, it's weird to think that, like, it's weird to think I've been, like, because the lines are blurred between, like, college and, like, becoming, like, a real adult and, like, living your life as an adult. And I don't have to be intertwined.
2: They can be parallel to each other.
0: Yeah, it yeah. still feels like I'm on some vacation from living with my parents. <laughs> you know? Um, hey. I, where do you, So where are you now?
2: Uh, at the moment, I actually live right off of Brady Street, so,
0: oh, cool. yeah.
2: Before I was in River West, and I just moved in June,
0: I am in River West. Um, I'm right by Reservoir Park.
2: Oh, okay. I lived a block away from Black Husky. That's where I just moved from. Oh, that's good. Locust, yeah.
0: Yeah, I actually lived right, I used to live right by Black Husky. I lived, like, right behind the Club Tevo. (laughs) That's
2: the best thing about River West. It's like, everybody's always just been, like, right on the tip of each other.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for real. We were talking a little bit about, like, about this before we start recording like so this year 2020 has just been a really like difficult and complex year for many to navigate um both personally and making sense of the world around them and um you know whether it's from coronavirus whether it's from you know the black lives matter protests and the associated Um, social and political movements that are receiving attention right now. Another big one is like the eviction crisis going on right now. Um, Like there's, there's a lot of interconnected things right now. Um, You know, but it all kind of boils down to like, how like politics are making people like, things that should just be like you know basic human decency or basic human rights like are becoming politicized and that's the way it's always been but like i feel like it's be- it's gotten such a such an unignorable and undeniable platform this year I feel like so many people are like noticing like the system for what it is and these institutions and who they're truly designed to To protect and whatever so so i want to hear from you like what is going through your mind like how have you been navigating this year? and just like what you know just i want to hear what you are going through and uh, how you are making sense of everything right now
2: yeah um so one of the biggest uh, things that i have had to navigate is being a biracial woman (laughs) Um, so my dad is white and my mom's black. Um, so like, that's already something like, it's just a topic in itself. And a lot of people think like your first thought might be, how does Corinne deal with her white family? But part, I, I would say that the, like that part, I've just been able to navigate because it's just something that I've always had to deal with. Um, and it's not even, I mean, I, I would say before when I was younger, it was things that I wasn't noticing or things that I was brushing off. But now that I'm older, I'm okay to call out that uncle. I'm okay to call out, I don't feel bad about things when I, cause I know like, if you are wrong, I'm going to let you know. Um, but the, the problem that a lot of people don't think about is the POC side of it. So my mom actually has been a big problem for me. Um, I don't want to say it like that, but it's just kind of like, I, and I, you have to take into account, like how my mom grew up and things like that. And I'm starting to realize that my mom maybe isn't comfortable uh, with who she is. So when these pull up um, and I'm trying to, you know, say how important they are to me and um, what we can do to um, be better and how to help people. She's always saying, that's not important, Corinne, or you're just being dramatic, stuff like that. And then I started realizing, like, cause at first I was thinking in my head, like, am, am I being dramatic? Like, is this not important? But then I started realizing, because, you know, you have that thought in the back of your head, because I'm like, oh, well, I'm biracial. But then you're like, at the end of the day, I'm still a black woman. Um, nobody looks at me and goes, Corinne's white. Nobody has ever done that their whole entire life. There is like, there's a brown woman. So I always have to put myself there and um my stepdad is also white and there's just been a few times where he's said some things or you know posted some stuff on facebook where i've had to call him out most recently he kind of just posted something about um it had to do with uh defunding the police and um it it tapped a little into uh police brutality and i kind of just explained um what i thought and what i know about it and what i think could be fixed for the better and my and my septic kind of just chimed in about some stuff that was like it doesn't help anybody and my mom kind of just backed him up and i just had to think like i can't believe my mom you know support this so that's been my biggest struggle
0: How do you, so how do you navigate those conversations with her when, like, you feel like, you know, it's, you feel like you're being sort of like maybe disregarded or, you know, not like sort of like those dramatic feelings that like whether you had a question whether you're being dramatic or not. How do you respond?
2: Um, in the past, I've been a little bit of a rash person who would just say what they thought off the top of their head. Um, but in these times, it's very important to process your own thoughts and feelings before you say something. So I've been doing a really good job of doing that. Um, and especially it's your mom, you don't want to you know, disrespect that person who has raised you and birthed you. Um, but I have been making sure to think before I talk and saying what's important to me and how that makes me feel. I think talking about your feelings is huge. Um, and if it's your, you know, if it's someone that cares about you, they should care about your feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean, it's honestly, it's, it's hit a dead wall. So at the moment I'm taking a break, but um, I mean, I hope to talk to my family soon, but I, you know, at some point you just, you have so much going on and you just need to focus on what you can control.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um- some folks have felt that are biracial, like they've felt they've had to pick a side. Um, Is that like your experience? Like have you felt like you've had to pick a side or like, you know, do you feel like a pressure? Like, has that ever been like a pressure of yours that like, you know, that, you know, you've questioned in the past?
2: Um, When you say past, that's a good good thing to say um because i can only picture myself from 18 up yeah um when i was mentioning earlier of how people look at me i think before i was worried about when people look at me what they do what do they see um but i've always felt inside that i mean obviously i'm half white i don't disregard that it's you know part of my culture but um i am brown. Nothing's going to change that. There's nothing that, not that I'd ever wanted to, but nothing's going to change the way I look. Um, but I'm always in my head. I'm a—I'm a black woman. Um, I always, I mean, if people ask me, you know, I'm biracial, but I, nobody's going to look at me and ask if I'm white. Nobody would ever do that. So I would say when I was younger, maybe depending on where I was, because everybody's going through that identity crisis and figuring out who they are. Um, I switched schools and middle school. So it was kind of like, oh, who's around me? Who can I fit in with? But, I mean, once I hit a certain age where I realized you need to figure out, you know, who you are and what's important to you, that's when I realized who I, you know, who I actually am. And that's where I've been on the whole entire time. So I've never, since I've been an adult, I've always known who I am.
0: Awesome. Sure. Yeah, that that totally makes sense. Um, I Thank you for, like, you know, answering these tough questions, sometimes it's, it can be tough to navigate, like, yeah. you know, questions like about, you know, finding yourself and your identity and stuff. Um, so in terms of what you have observed, um, like just from people on social media, like what, what bothers you the most, like, um, that people might be minimizing, or they're overlooking, or they're just disregard. Like, what? You, what? What has been bothering you the most about, like, you know, when when we when we're talking about, like, you know, people being problematic or just ignorant of, like, what's? I guess, like, what has been getting on your nerves the most?
2: In a broad answer, broad answer, two things. Um, One, people complaining about the importance of protecting yourself from COVID, that one grinds my darn gears. Uh, My number two, not in any order, is definitely talking about um, people saying that, or people, how do you say people not understanding? Because sometimes you just can't beat a dead horse. But the defunding of police, that one just really gets me going, too.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's – that is really frustrating because, like
2: – Can't beat a dead horse.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just, like, if you really – if anyone really, like, took the time to understand the history behind modern law enforcement, like, they'd understand that it's there not to protect people it's there literally just enforce the laws no matter how racist classist or otherwise engaging in disparities that these laws are and there's still plenty of them out there yeah unfortunately i guess so what we're talking about like co so you're you're a bartender <laughs> yeah. so how how is how has it been like working in the service industry right now in the middle of a pandemic?
2: So the craziest thing I would say is, um, so I actually got my part-time job in January. So I started working at Garage the 3rd, the 4th, and the 5th. So July 4th weekend. And I mean, there's rules, there's, there's mask mandates, there's um, uh, capacity rules. Like, you know, they're, they're doing everything they should. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I worked that weekend, the 3rd, the 4th, and the 5th, and then on the 6th, I had off the 7th, I was supposed to work at Garage. The 6th, I woke up in the worst pain I've ever had in my whole entire life. I've never, I don't really get, like, colds. I don't get sick or anything. So I woke up and it felt like my body was held down by this, like, brick. And I was just in my bed and I just like wanted to cry because it was the worst pain I've ever been in. And then I started getting that like congested, um, you know, stuffy nose, can't really breathe, just wheezing. And I let my GM know uh, that I was, because, you know, they were very seriously, so like, let me know. If just had me let me know. So I messaged him right away. And he literally... Uh, FaceTime me within like 30 seconds and I was like whoa whoa was ready because <laughs> I was <laughs> in my bed so I had like my face mask like half on my eyes I was like oh, whoa, yeah. whoa. <laughs> yeah. so he called me and like went through the you know what's supposed to go down when an employee lets you know it's going down and he you know he instructed me what to do and he was like hey stay home for two weeks and get tested so, the soonest I'd get in for an appointment, and I was thinking back to my the shifts over the weekend, and I was like, okay, well, was I doing the best I could, and, you know, I started thinking in my head, and I was like, well, maybe, like, because I, you know, I kept my mask up, and I was like, well, maybe I put it down too much to, like, get a breath of air, and I was like, maybe I did that, but it's at the end of the day, I was like, I can breathe, it's whatever, I just maybe slipped up too much that I shouldn't have, it wasn't a, wasn't a big deal for me to keep my mask up, so... Then um, yes, yeah, so I got a I got in on Thursday, got a test, went to CVS. Fast forward, did not get my results for two weeks. So two weeks, I'm over at um, Ascension, and uh, but I stayed home like I was supposed to, like I'm directed to. Then you can return to work after two weeks. All of a sudden, I'm checking the Minute app, or whatever it's called, positive, positive result. And I, <laughs> that was my face. I was like, <laughs> I was like, w- w- what, uh, what am I supposed to do? And I was just freaking out. But it's like, you did all this research ahead of time of what am I supposed to do if this happens? But as soon as that moment hits, you're like, I, am I going to be okay? Am I not going to get Did I hurt anybody? Did I blah, blah, blah? So, you know, I did this. My first thought was like, okay. And I didn't like hang out with a bunch of people. I hung out with like Happy. <laughs> yeah. So I hung out with Happy, um, his yeah, nice. fiance. There's some people Uh, that, yeah,
0: there's some people you'll, you know, very close, like your close (laughs) friends, for example, (laughs) like if, you know, yeah, I, I think most people have been doing that.
2: Being, yeah, being very mindful.
0: So, you know, I hit up my
2: three friends that I was making sure that I was just hanging out with them. And um, luckily it didn't spread to them, but that's basically what happened and why, because of those moments where I just, I kind of just like, I'd go to bed and just be so scared that I wouldn't wake up. Like that's how seriously um, it was affecting me physically and mentally that I take it so seriously. And I get so, so, so upset when people are making a joke of it or anything like that. So that is my piece on COVID.
0: I'm really, really glad that you're okay. Thank you. Me too. yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm really happy that you are, um, that recovered. Uh, how long ago was this, if you don't mind me asking? Um, so I got tested on the,
2: the I got tested on the ninth, I believe, and then I got my results two weeks later. So this was on July. So last. week.
0: Oh, sure. I got you. Yeah, I I think there's two dimensions of like where people are really showing their true colors. It's a how seriously they're taking the pandemic, and B how seriously they're taking, you know, the, like, just the, in, the racial injustices and police brutality. Yeah. There's been very specific protocol over like what to do, A, to ensure your safety and others' safety in the middle of this pandemic, like what you need to do, and B, how to be an effective ally. Like there's so many, there's so many resources and so many, like, you know conversations going on about like what you can do to help this movement right now and uh, the thing is that people i think that people really need to understand is like you know a lot of these things like these are not temporary like they're not temporary like you know solutions that you can do that you can follow a couple times or for a little while, and then you can go back to doing what you were doing before. Like, no, like, this is this is the way it should be, and this is the way it always should have been. Um, one thing, in, in terms of COVID, I think that should always be a thing from now on, is hand sanitizer everywhere. <laughs> you know? Everywhere! <laughs> yeah, like, even masks, like, if you're feeling sick, you should be wearing a, like, if you have, like, a flu or something, or a cold, like, you know, even after the pandemic is over, like, I think masks should still be readily available on hand if you have some kind of transmissible transmittable sickness like it should be you know you should on hand always have a mask yeah
2: i would appreciate that if employers would maybe from this point on take sickness seriously if an employee says hey i'm not feeling well don't laugh at them and tell them to come in, you know, you see what happens when you don't take care of your employees and you don't let them, um, you know, keep themselves healthy, you see what happens. So that's something I would like to see from here on out.
0: Yeah. yeah, totally, 100%. So like, what have you been doing to like, like, you know, have enjoyment and pleasure and hopefulness in through this really chaotic time right now? Like, what have you been doing for yourself?
2: be completely honest, I haven't really done a lot of healthy things. I think it's been a really sad time for me during this time. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't really done anything to make me happy. I think I've been actually very sad during this time. Um, I mean, you know me, I'm very, a bubbly socially person. And I think I've just been the exact opposite since like February. I've been pretty sad. Um, I started knitting. And then I just kind of dropped off, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there was a hobby that I had, and I was just thinking in my head, Karen, what can you you know do, pick up to you know do, just bring you joy? And I just I knitted two things, and then just threw the needles aside, and um, yeah, it's really been it. And I mean, I've been going to the liquor store to go get a few seltzers <laughs> here and there. But yeah, I mean, to be honest, I haven't really done a lot of healthy things. And I think this has been a very dark time for me to be completely honest.
0: Well, I totally like, I empathize with you. Um, And I want you to know that you are not alone in that sense of bleakness. Um, I, I mean, I've definitely been like, There's been some really bright spots of personal growth for me during quarantine, but there's been some really dark ones, too. Um, Honestly, not only does it depend on the day, it also depends on the hour, (laughs) to be completely honest, you know? Um, Yeah, I've been drinking a lot. I've been uh, buying a lot of kinds of alcohol that I don't normally buy.
2: I felt that one. (laughs) You started thinking, like, oh, what can I get today?
0: (laughs) Dude, yesterday I bought Jim, Be- Jim Bean apple bourbon. <laughs>
1: <Like laughs> Who hurt you, Ben? <laughs>
0: Dude, uh, society, you know? Like
1: <laughs> society. society just...
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, knitting, hey, knitting is a neat hobby. Um, what did you knit while you did knit? Like the two things you knitted?
2: I'm actually very proud of them. Um, I knitted, so Happy's fiancé, and they have a daughter who is, let's say, yeah, a little over a year and a half. Um, I knitted them matching cowl scarves, which are, they're kind of like universal scarves, but universal, it makes that loop. So this one, just a one around, so you just kind of throw it over your shoulders. So I made them matching cowls, and I was very proud of them. I didn't drop a stitch. I was very happy. (laughs) So that's what I
0: did. (laughs) That's dope. That's awesome. That's cute.
2: Can I ask you what you've been doing to stay
0: healthy? Sure. Yeah. Um, I I think that um, it's kind of a loaded question because, like, like there's been all these eras of quarantine now because it's been going on for so long. It's like my answer was different then than it is now. Like, at first, Um, for, like, the first month, um, like, of quarantine, I still had a roommate, so, like, I couldn't see anybody, like, I couldn't, I couldn't socialize with anyone in person, so all I could do was just listen to music and watch movies, so that's all I did for a whole month straight.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I, I mean, I like movies and music, so it did give me a lot of time to, like, invest in those things that I don't normally always have the time to do, um, Unemployment was rough. Um, it took two and a half months for it to finally go through for me. So um, I was super, super fucking miserable for a couple weeks. Cause I couldn't pay my bills. I couldn't buy anything. Like, it was, it sucked. But when it finally did come through, I, I felt like a kid on Christmas morning. <laughs> uh, So... Since then, um, it's been a lot easier to navigate. Um, my girlfriend and I have been, we've been spending a lot of time together. Like, we go on a lot of, like, we've been visiting a lot of, like, nature preserves or parks. Like, just trying to be, get away from, like, you know, the hustle of, like, and stress of our daily lives. Um, be present. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, going out to eat um been trying to support local businesses local organizations like just local um, i've been trying to buy more like merch for example from like bands i like in the neighborhood and stuff like that um lately the last couple weeks um doing the show over zoom has been uh, taking up a lot of time um and that's been it's filled a void you know so Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of positives that came out of quarantine for me. Like, I have, I feel like I've become a more mature and responsible person, but I'm also just, I feel very powerless sometimes.
2: Do you feel powerless because of the physical aspect or what makes you feel powerless?
0: of a um, take this answer with a grain of salt but um, because we live under capitalism and I'm a, have become a really like I've become a revolutionary socialist and uh, um, I just believe that the US empire is evil power hungry and manipulative and it gaslights people into believing that we have that they have our interests in mind
2: yeah sorry, I just killed this mosquito. I was listening. um no, I get that, and you just kind of feel like you feel so distant from the big person with the gavel, and that just kind of hurts inside,
0: <laughs> so I get it, yeah, but we have to you know we're only we're only individuals, and I think that like you know we have to. We have to recognize what is in our control and our control comes with organizing and calling it out when we see it you know
2: and i think that when you and i'm sure you've seen it before but and i hate facebook but it's just such a huge thing right now but i think when you look at the different generations before us They just think that organizing is absolutely impossible and it's so far out of an idea. And why would you ever think you could get a group of people to think a certain way or to vote a certain way? That's just impossible. Might as well just go with what the mass of people are saying. And that's that's why our generation is different because we do not think that's impossible. That's like, okay, well, that's our goal. We're definitely going to make some changes.
0: So that's what I love about us. Yeah. Same. Same. Shout out to us. Shout out to our generation. Well, exactly. Because it's like, we're not going to be gaslit anymore into believing that there's no changing, you know, our, you know, the being at the mercy of the bourgeois ruling class.
2: No. Um, we're so powerful. We are.
0: So that being said, Karen, um, so I know I mentioned earlier that, like, there is a lot, you know, that allies can just look up and know what they need to do right now. But I want I do feel like, like there's still merit to, like, you know, asking people's individual perspectives. So, like, what do you want to continue seeing from the revolution right now, like, in terms of, like, a local scale in Milwaukee? Like, what do you want to keep seeing from allies? Like, what do you want? folks to um, like what do you want folks that like want things to change on a local scale like what do you want to see
2: on a local scale um, I mean I even move even smaller to just your everyday life Um, for everybody not it doesn't have to be directed towards um, a certain person or a certain group but I want everybody to not stop interrupting people and letting know letting them know they're wrong or letting them know that this offends people this is immoral and like I just want people to keep letting people know that it is not right what they're doing or the way they think and and I've met a lot of people who and you know it's just the way they're brought up and then as soon as you kind of just explain hey so you don't you know, you don't support me as like a POC. And I know not everybody has the the luxury, but not everybody has that opportunity to be like, hey, you don't support me? Because I feel like that even gives this personal touch where they're like, oh, what? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize it was you. You know, not everybody gets to do that. So I just wish that, and I wish, I want everyone to keep advocating. And you don't have to know someone to advocate. You just need to have the correct morals and, um, you know, know right from wrong and keep advocating. Don't stop. And it's not going to stop until we keep advocating. And we're, we're so much larger than a lot of people think. Um, that's, that's what I have to say. That's my piece.
0: damn straight corinne mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's yeah like i think one of the most powerful things right there you don't need to know someone to advocate for them you know like that's just the, that's the way that's the way it should be you know is that like you should be like human rights should not be politicized like survival should not be politicized like you know fear of like fear of just like, you know, going out and pursuing opportunity or doing what you do that makes you happy. Like, none of that should ever be like jeopardized from somebody. It's like, for 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 a land that claims themselves as like land of the free, land of liberty, land of all this freedom and shit, it's like, you know, What's like how are we we really like land of the free if not all of us feel free? Yeah. You know? you know, I'm just like I'm sick of people just that think that like their reality, their subjective reality, if they come from a place of privilege, like their subjective reality is for some reason the just like the standard for like what how hard how hard or easy other people's lives are.
2: Yes. And I feel like, I mean, I'm a very, I'm a very confident person, I'd say for the most part. Uh, my friends who know me, you know, I'd say when I go to do something that matters, I make myself off as a confident person. But I would be lying I said that I wasn't in the, in the back of my head or everywhere, just kind of just shaking and worrying. What if they don't like my skin color? What if they don't like my hair this day? What if they don't, like before you go to an interview, my hair is always straight. I have natural, beautiful, curly hair, but I'm always like, it has to be straight. And don't get me wrong, I like them both ways. I wear it however I want, but it's always straight. I never wear my hair curly to interview. I've never gotten a job with my hair curly. I have yellow nails right now. This happened after I got my job. My hair is purple right now. This happened after I got a job. I never would have done this before my job interview. You know, and I I have to worry about those kind of things because I already had other things stacked against me. Why would
0: I add two more things? You know. Yeah, exactly. Like you should be able to get. You're just as qualified if you have that curly hair, that purple hair, that those yellow nails. You're just as qualified if you have all those things that then you are without them. And uh, yeah, it's just it's bullshit. These standards, these these appearance standards, you know, that get imposed on people it's like you know like yeah like basic thing it's like all that really should be expected of you is that you got dressed and you have like hygiene you know like that's all that really should be asked of you um of anyone yes yeah i'm i'm with you on like i hope that you know, people just don't give up hope. I think that, like, we have immense momentum, not only on a local scale, but on the national as well. I think that a lot has been exposed for what it really is. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, real change to allow socialized resources for all. Agreed. That's what I want to see. I agree. Well, Corinna, I, I think, you know, it's, I think that we talked about some important things tonight and I feel really good to see you. I've missed you a lot. And I've, it's great to hear from you. I'm so happy that like, you know, you covered from COVID and that like, and I appreciate that you were willing to share and let people know your experience. Cause like you said, there are still people that are downplaying it and it's like, for what?
2: Why? <laughs> Who hurt you? <laughs> Not COVID.
0: <laughs> That's right.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. So Corinne, uh, as we close out, tell me what keeps you up at night.
2: Who, I got you. <laughs> um, this is very important to me. Um, and I think it's something that a lot of people don't talk about it because it's brushed over. And it's it's a little unrelated, but it's related to um, race. Um it's about dating basically, but being a biracial woman and someone who you know strains their hair half the time and you know, I don't know I just I mean obviously everybody's beautiful, but I just look at myself every morning and I'm like, dang Karen, you did it again. <laughs> but uh, I just you know, I get these messages on these dating apps and, one recently this man on hinge said you look so exotic what race are you and i'm like would this man not have matched me if he didn't think i was exotic and i guess my biggest message out there to everyone is stop fetishizing brown women i am a person and i want to be appreciated and loved just the same as everybody else and i don't want you to think well if she wasn't this or that I wouldn't like that person you also don't know me so the only thing you know is that I'm a brown woman and that's what you like about me just stop I just I hate being fetishized and I hate being so optimistic on these apps and it makes me just want to delete them <laughs> when I feel like I'm just being fetishized all the time so that is my last message <laughs> something that keeps me up at night is being fetishized <laughs>
0: Exotic should never be a word used to describe. Them. It's for plants,
2: and that is it. Yeah,
0: Exa- yeah. plants or uh, pretty birds, maybe. Yes, the birds. But not yeah, but not somebody people. else. People. People
2: should not. Somewhere. People are not described as that.
0: Yeah, no, not at all. That's a hundred percent um, valid. What puts you to sleep?
2: Puts me to sleep is knowing that I have the most wonderful support system and the best kind of friends that I have could have ever made. And I honestly thank UWM for that. You know, nothing's perfect, but even you, Ben, like, I would have never met you without UWM. Cheers to that. So I'm so thankful for the people who have been um, with me throughout the years, and they help me sleep.
0: <laughs> I'm so, so happy and grateful UWM brought us together, and... Uh, I'm happy we can still reconnect to this day. You know, it brings me joy. So, cheers to that. Yes, um, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy, everybody. Um, and uh, take COVID seriously. Stop fetishizing. And uh, you know, keep the revolution going. Um, yes, all those things. So, we'll see you next time. Have a good night.